You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's discord server discord.gg forward slash alpha collective it is free it always will be free there are no strings there is no bait and switch if you like to listen live and even participate come on stage comment in our back chat you can do that whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wednesday we have guests take the stage almost like an open mic on thursday we do live book reads and discussions and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda start your day <clears throat> on the right foot on the front foot with virtual coffee, with the collective cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is May 8th. It is a new week, second full week of May. It is 8.02 a.m. And it is time to start your day off on the front foot. We're going to be discussing this idea that came up I guess a few weeks ago, and I was like, you know what, this is a interestingly uh, interesting enough topic that I want to dedicate uh, a good chunk of our morning coffee uh, to discuss. Now, you know, one of the things that's been interesting, and I've said this uh, for those of you that are here for the first time, or for those of you, hello, Rini, uh, for those of you that are listening and subscribe to the podcast, um, I do this regardless. If no one was in the audience, I'm still going to do it. It feels a bit weird um, when no one is in the audience. Um, but at the same time, I just have to think back to a time when I used to record a very successful uh, show, podcast called Across the Sound and then Jaffe Juice. And in those days, there were no live audiences. You just recorded your podcast. And uh, you were in a room by yourself, sometimes a hotel room, sometimes the club at, uh, at at the airport, and you just basically really were talking to yourself, but you were actually projecting to talk to others. And um, and so in a way, you know, everything has changed and, and yet nothing has changed. But at the time when I started the Collective Cafe, there was no podcast. So there was no, there was no, there were no legs. It was just the ability to say, hey, I'm showing up. I'm showing up for me. I'm showing up for you. And uh, I'm going to articulate some thoughts and maybe they'll stick and maybe I'll do something with them. Now, there's a lot going on. Um, this this is recorded. I have a transcript. I have AI-generated show notes. And actually using ChatGPT, a very successful, efficient way of being able to produce a newsletter or um, a thought leadership piece that, as I've been joking many times, essentially I'm plagiarizing myself. So if I'm plagiarizing myself, is it still plagiarizing? I don't think so. Just being able to collapse and condense. Um, what, what, something I haven't shared before, which I actually find very interesting, 
is that when you look at the AI-generated transcript, right, using otter.ai, uh, a lot of the, um, the words are messed up. So, for example, when I talk about the POAP, it never gets it right because how would it? So it's like port app and, and uh, the amount of like bastardizations of that word and yet, even with my accent or even with words that the, that the AI doesn't understand, when you actually plug it into chat GPT, it somehow makes heads and tails of it. I find that kind of fascinating. Maybe one of the cheats is that it just ignores the stuff it doesn't understand and focuses on the stuff that it does understand. So maybe I'll play around and say, hey, this word, what do you think this word is? Because what you said it is, or, or this is the wrong word from otter.ai. I wonder if you would be able to figure out what the right is. I'm going to play around with that and, uh, and see if it's able to actually correct, you know, using logic, using syntax, using all that sort of stuff. So that's going to be interesting. Well, it is, um, it's Manifestation Monday. And uh, what I always do is I talk about the week ahead because that's what we do on Manifestation Monday. If you are in the audience, um, manifest in the cafe chat. Let us know what success looks like for you in the week ahead. Uh, For me, the big event is the launch of Alpha Collective. It's a pretty damn big event. Wednesday, 5 to 8 in New York City, 330 Hudson Street, 9th floor at Deloitte. Deloitte has a space and um, there are going to be some very cool things happening. We've got an amazing, um, we've got uh, we've got a keynote from Deloitte, um, which is going to be great. Uh, I'm going to moderate a panel with Shira Lazar, Sandy Carter, Greg Vadino, Adi Abili. Um, so we've got, rep- we've got a CMO from Unstoppable Domains. We've got a thought leader, content creator, a founder of the Jomo Effect, Shira Lazar, Greg Vadino, who used to work with me, he's going to be there. Um, and um, and I can even give you a little, uh, if there's time today or even tomorrow, I'll tell you some of the questions that I'm going to be asking them. But the question I'll tell you that I'm asking Greg uh, is going to be about this, you know, deja vu all over again. Greg and I were in Second Life, we had this magnificent island called Crayonville, and this was in 2006. And I guarantee you what we had in Second Life in 2006 was significantly better than even the best metaverse experience in 2022 or even 2021, if it was a thing. Those are fighting words, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's true. Um, So we'll talk about that as well. Good morning, Tim and Praxim. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So um, there is <clears throat> a POAP at the end. Um, I am going to talk a lot about the uh, event um, coming up on Wednesday. Um, if all of you would be so kind as to tell people about the event, if you're not in New York City, um, well, you know, get to New York City. No, if you're not in New York City, then obviously you won't be able to get there. But if you are in New York City, please come and spread the word regardless. If you go to bit.ly forward slash business of web three, you can see all about the event. Um, we're going to use POAPs actually uh, to give away a free pass. So everyone who's at the event will get a POAP. So that's the one thing that's kind of cool, a little bit of alpha. Um, so anyone who's at the event will get a POAP and, and someone who has the POAP will actually get a, um, will actually get a, um, a free pass. I still have to figure out how I'm going to execute that, but I, I've, I have some ideas. And then the other thing that's kind of cool is in, and interesting is full members will join for dinner afterwards. But what I'm going to tell people is literally, if you decide you want to join Alpha Collective, you can buy a pass right now on your phone and join us for dinner. So that's the cool thing about the blockchain. So it's almost like this idea of full members come, you know, join the speakers or join us for dinner. Oh, and by the way, if you're thinking about becoming a member, you could literally buy your pass right now on the blockchain and or via Stripe, which is not via the blockchain, but I'll know either way. So we got a, the best of the old with the best of the new um, and you can join us for dinner. So that kind of spontaneity and that ability to verify and validate um, is what makes 
this kind of interesting. And if you think about it, we wouldn't have necessarily done things like that before, this idea of full membership and verifying on the blockchain. So that's kind of cool as well. Um, I want to <clears throat> just jump into something which I didn't plan on doing, uh, but I'm going to read to you an article uh, called Pepe, The Purpose of a Useless Coin. Right now, if unless you've, you know, living under a rock, um, actually, um, probably most people are living under that same rock because not many people are actually actively in the Web3 world right now. But I'd say if you are in Web3 and living under a rock, then you probably haven't heard about Pepe. Uh, the stories are insane, right? People that put $200 into Pepe and they're now multimillionaires, um, it's it's been a meme coin that apparently is, uh, you know, left Doge coin in its wake. I've looked at it, you know. Obviously, <clears throat> part of the, you know, part of my own uh, FOMO. <clears throat> excuse me. Part of my own FOMO is, oh, I wish I'd gotten into Pepe, but I had no chance to get into Pepe. I didn't know about it, and you know, maybe there were some people talking about it a week ago, and maybe if I had put something in a week ago, I might have. You know, I don't know. Maybe I should have put in a hundred dollars a week ago, um, but but you know, it's just not my game. It's not. It's not. This is not why I'm in this. This is not who I am. And you know, the best way to handle this is to say, "Hey, listen. If you made a ton of money on Pepe, fantastic. Congratulations. I hope you didn't lose a lot, um, but I certainly hope you did uh, gain a lot. Remember that for everyone." that buys low and sells high. There's someone that's that buys high and sells low. So it is um it's it's a little bit of a a zero sum game, I guess, you know, in terms of the the highs and the lows, the ins and the outs. And I just choose not to play. Um <clears throat> but it is interesting. And so what I thought I would do is I'm gonna read to you an article. I just saw it in my inbox from uh, my um my ledger newsletter and it's called uh, Pepe, the purpose of a useless coin. Right, so I'm going to just read that to you. It's not it's not a terribly long article, uh, probably like three or four minutes. Crypto is a world of surprises where you can possess AI tokens, fitness coins, ape collectibles, Doge-themed crypto, and now a new frog-themed token friend has joined, has recently joined the extravagant team. Its name is Pepe the Frog and is currently for sale at 0.00000168 of a dollar. Will you get yours? Many investors have fallen under its charm, but behind the love affair has been pure financial motive. At the time of writing, the token is on a 64% rise over the past 24 hours and a 650% uptick in a week. Its market cap around 700 million, by the way, at the moment, I think it might be over a billion, uh, has made it the third largest meme coin, only ranked behind Doge and Shiba Inu, but recently overtook their trading volumes. Per Cointelegraph, Pepe's ownership data is, however, worrisome as the top 100 richest Pepe addresses are 45% whales controlled. The question on everyone's lip is, what is Pepe and why such a skyrocketing success? Per its official Twitter account, it is the most memeable meme coin in existence. Dogs have had their day. A clear reference to Elon Musk's Dogecoin protege. Pepe's website clarifies the coin's purpose. Pepe is a meme coin with no intrinsic value or expectation of financial return. There is no formal team or roadmap. The coin is completely useless and for entertainment purposes only. Sounds like a plan. In reality, the coin's website features an unclear roadmap with ambitions for partnerships, token-gated groups, CEX listings, and a Pepe Academy. If anything, Pepe's growth is backed by investors' search for the next big thing. And in a possibly approaching altcoin season, investors' hopes on next-gen meme coins. Some might believe Pepe symbolizes crypto being a giant casino, with crazy coins successively joining the gambling game, generating three, sometimes four-digit returns, before being left in the shadow of history. This thinking is half true. While some, well, many, 
tokens might disappear because they bring no value, a few others could be here to stay for the very simple reason that they attract people. After all, why should money be limited to being a cold item with no emotional appeal? Why not give it a form, an identity, a connection, an appearance, a sense of belonging that people can genuinely own? If Pepe, Doge, or other meme coins are still alive in 10 years, it will be fair to opine that such coins will have played a much more critical role in defining what value truly means than many, than many expect. So there's a very, you know, interesting concept here. Um, the first thing, you know, if, if, you, if you're paying attention, um, I think what you would realize is that this sounds a lot like Goblin Town, right? Goblin Town, Fremont, uh, no roadmap, no, um, you know, no utility. They almost, it was almost like, um, you know, when we call it uh, uh, altcoins, this was almost an alt altcoin. This was almost taking everything and turning it on its head. Now, there's always precedent for, for the challenger brand. There's always precedent for the ability to, for, for a newcomer or challenger to come along and say, we're completely different. We're not like everyone else. And so for the coin to come along saying, by the way, you know what our, t- our utility is? There's no utility. So there's no promises. There's, it, it's almost, it's almost it, it is very disruptive. It's, it's very much um, re- uh, rebellious by nature. Um, there is that rebel streak. And so, and so in a way, like the actual, the, the attractiveness, um, the magnetism is, in the kind of lack of, like almost this idea of, of, um, of uh, defiance. It's defiance in a way. And, 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 and defiance is something very powerful, right? It's this idea of saying, you know, we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it or we don't need no education or, you know, it's the ability to stand up to the men. Is it not the essence of decentralization, right? Of this idea of putting, of distributing power in many hands versus concentrating it in the hands of the few, the elite, uh, the shadowy cabal that runs the world, you know, the the banks, etc., like all these conspiracy theories or whatever. I mean, whichever way you look at it, the fact is that, you know, whether whether it's about control or not control, whether it's about, um, you know, equitable distribution or not, or whether it's just about money, because at the end of the day, it is just about money. And by actually, like, in a way saying, you know, the, the, the financial appeal is that there's no financial appeal makes it financially appealing, if that makes any sense. And it doesn't, and yet it does. The fact is this, that, that's, that there is a little piece right in that email that if, like, if you missed it, you shouldn't, because it's a very, very powerful idea. It's not about the value uh, is that there is no value, Right. It's the fact that this idea, why should money be limited to being a cold item with no emotional appeal? Why not give it a form, an identity, a connection, an appearance, a sense of belonging that people can genuinely own? Say it with me, people. Uh, the thing that, that you didn't see is a five-letter word called B-R-A-N-D, branding money creating a sense of meaning, identity, purpose, community. That's really what's happening. And, and, and it, it's actually kind of, you know, quite brilliant, but also quite simple um, if you think about um, if you think about it. It is basically, <laughs> Tim said something very interesting. He said they want to be the Seinfeld of coins, this idea of, and I, I, I think uh, your point there is that, that, the show was, you know, they said Seinfeld was the show about absolutely nothing. It was the show about nothing. Do you know that that's actually not true, by the way, about Seinfeld? Is that the actual original purpose, the actual, um, the actual uh, pitch of Seinfeld was, and, and I think, I, th- I don't know if they ever stopped it, but certainly for most of its run, they did it. You always saw Jerry on stage at the start and or the end. I think it was one or the other or both. The whole idea was how a stand, the actual pitch of Seinfeld was not a show about nothing. 
It was actually a show about how a stand-up comedian gets his material based on <clears throat> just the day-to-day, the, you know, the, the craziness, the insanity of living in New York City, you know, finding humor in, in the mundane, just being able to just observe everything that happens in your life, in your day-to-day, um, and create material on it. That was the original pitch. So it wasn't actually a show about nothing. But then it kind of stuck, which is like, oh, it's just a show about nothing. Um, and because there was actually, like, I guess, more appeal in that, right? Um, which is, you know, I, I mean, it may have, and, and I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, a different idea, right? Things, you know, it's the same thing like waiting for the use case. It's a very good segue back into this, right? Which is sometimes you start off with one thing, but it becomes something else. And that's the point. That is the point. The use case may not be something that you ever imagined or envisioned at the beginning, but it may come to pass. It may come to pass that actually, I mean, in many respects, there's actually um, a very, there's a lot of precedent, right? There was, there were Instagram used to be called, uh, if I recall correctly, um, because I've presented this to many founders, like when I do Founders Institute, Instagram used to be called uh, Bourbon, B-U-R-B-N. So, B-U-R-B-N. Now, what it was, um, as opposed to as opposed to uh, Bourbon, which is something else, um, B-U-R-B-N. So, I'm actually going to uh, put a little link um, into. I don't know that this link because I just did a quick search. I don't know that this link will tell you the story that I wanted to tell you. Um, uh, Rini says, more appeal in the mythology than the reality, which is always true. And you sound like you are in when talking about it. Yeah, and everyone wants to be in. Everybody wants to be, you know, in on the joke as opposed to being the joke. And sometimes, you know, even being the joke is fine if you're making millions of dollars. Uh, but yeah, Instagram was first called bourbon and actually says yes after the drink. So, so I guess I was wrong and right at the same time. But what it was at the time was kind of like a, um, it was kind of like a Yelp um, for like restaurant reviews from what I understand is like people would would go into like restaurants and, and they would create reviews and they would like really just talk about the experience and rate the, the restaurant, et cetera, et cetera, the food. And um, they used to have this thing called... Um, I don't know what it was like, Feedback Tuesdays or something like that. Once a week, everyone would just come together and they would talk about what was working and what wasn't working. Um, And at the time, actually, nothing was really working. They weren't taking off. They weren't growing. Um, There was only one um, growth area in the entire site or in the entire app. I don't even know if it was an app at the time. And that was that people were posting photographs of their food with a hashtag like food porn. So imagine people are all going to the restaurants and there's ratings and reviews and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and map locations, kind of like Foursquare meets Yelp. Um, and, uh, but, you know, some people are posting photos, not just, you know, the restaurant, the decor, the menu, uh, people having fun, whatever. Um, but a lot of photos of the food with a hashtag food porn. And from that was a decision to essentially shut down everything and just focus on one thing, which was photos, right? Not even just photos of food. That's where it began, but then photos of anything. And, and it, it, really, it really is, you know, whether that's mythology or lore or urban legend or bourbon legend, uh, bourbon legend, that's, I think that's going to be the name of this episode. Let me just make bourbon legend. Um, that that's how it came to pass. Now, we can pack and unpack and, and talk about that and say, well, you know, if you're paying attention, if you are open to the universe and possibilities and feedback and criticism, if you are able to slay sacred cows, if you are able to say, eh, to hell with everything, we're just going to focus on this, um, you could be the next Instagram. I mean, in many respects, for example, um, at the moment, I am waiting for the use case. I am continuing forward with the 
with the collective cafe. Um, some days, you know, on Thursday, for example, when we have Scott A. Martin back for the second um, live read of his book, Groundswell, um, I think we might hit that goal of 20, which was our initial goal. We tried it in April. We failed um, in a good way. Um, but we may have nailed um, Thursday. We may have we, we may have nailed it with Scott. Now I'm starting, like my brain is ticking along. You're, you're actually experiencing this like nonlinear thinking because I realize how many tangents I'm going on right now. But now I get to turn around and say to an author, hey, listen, here's an idea, right? Which is how would you like to um, be on my show, a full episode of my show, and we'll dedicate an entire month in the Collective Cafe to your book. I'll do the live read. You can join me on stage and just comment as you wish. Bring in your community. Bring in your readers. Promote it in advance. Oh, and by the way, it costs X. Or if you're just a member of Alpha Collective, it's free. So in other words, now let's flip that on its head and say, wait a second, what are you saying here? Are you saying that... Well, yes, I am. I'm saying that this is just another membership perk to be a part of Alpha Collective. Oh, and by the way, we'll get to you in the order it in the order that you came in to Alpha Collective. So, if your NFT is 22, you will you know take a number. We'll get to you before someone who's 222. So, imagine you come into Alpha Collective for $2,500 right? You get all the benefits of being in the collective, all of them. You can still sell your pass and maybe double your money or make more money or, or, or whatever. Um, but now you, you get, um, you're on the show, on my show, and you get a month dedicated to your book. Now, it starts off that way, but it doesn't end that way because eventually now you've got 25 authors saying they would like to be on the show and they would like to have their book read in the Collective Cafe. So maybe it goes from now you have the whole month to you have two, two, two weeks or eventually just one week. And now suddenly people are saying, okay, that sounds great as well. I get to enjoy 52 Alpha Talks. I get to connect and network with a community of one to 2,000 people. I get access to Joe. I get to be on the show and I get one week dedicated to my book where actually the, 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 the live read is done by Joseph or by somebody else. And, oh, by the way, I can still sell that pass. None of this existed two weeks ago or three weeks ago or six weeks ago. When we started doing this um, daily in August, there wasn't even a podcast so this is the whole idea of waiting for the use case. If you do something long enough, this is my definition of waiting for the use case. If you do something consistently long enough and are open to the possibilities and the opportunities that come along that may very well take you in different surprising and unexpected directions, then the use case is more likely than not to materialize for you and chances are become substantial. So that's how I look at it. Waiting for the use case does not mean the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result or even just expecting a result. Forget about a different result. How about just doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a result? Even this morning, I went out and, and uh, I, I posted on Twitter, I posted on LinkedIn, I posted on my Instagram story, I posted on Facebook, and, uh, and you know how many new people came today? Not one. Rini's here, but we had a conversation about it. So we've got our regulars here today. But remember, I've said, and, and the, the way I look at it is not, it's not the six people that are here now. It's the 6,000 people that are going to be here, number one. And number two is I look at the six people are here and I go, wait a second, let's 
take each one and each and every one of you. Let's put you on the slab. Let's dissect you. Let's like really, really like get into your brain and understand who are you and how did you get here? How did you come here? How did you come to pass? And more importantly, why did you stay? And then how can we how can we model you? How can we clone you? How can we um, use your persona to find other people like you? How can we incentivize you to tell other people? Th- these are all the elements of just, you know, I would say responsive marketing, or maybe as Scott would call it, sustainable growth marketing. That's how I look at it. And in many respects, often, it really doesn't come down to the idea. It comes down to just the simple execution of that idea. The ability or the, or the, the resources or the lack thereof. It's as simple as that. So sometimes we overcomplicate things as opposed to just bring it down to this very simple mix, this difference between patience and impatience. The patience, the superpower of the long game, of endurance, of staying the course, of the marathon as opposed to the sprint. The impatience of being able to be restless and and hungry um, and, um, and open to change and possibilities. You see, the bad kind of patience is the one that comes with inertia and um, inability to change course. This is the prototypical, when digging oneself into a hole, the best thing to do is to stop digging. Because, hell, it's theoretically possible that in three years' time, we could still be doing the collective cafe with 10 people or 12 people. Would that have been a waste and a failure in, in several years' time? I'd say yes. With, with, without much redeeming, without many redeeming features, except for the fact that every single day we're producing content. I'm producing content. I'm getting smarter. I just have to think about what I want to do with that content. Already today, just that that little insight about Pepe, the useless coin, it sounds like a children's book. Pepe, the useless coin, the useless froggy coin. Like one way to think about it is to analyze or psychoanalyze or or dissect the frog. (laughs) It's funny dissecting the frog. I mean, that's what we do in lab, right, at school, is understand why. Because when you understand why, when you attempt to understand why, then what that does is it opens up the why not. Why not you? Why not me? Why not next time? How might we? There's so many possibilities that come out of if you understand why. And sometimes the why is nobody knows why. Sometimes it is just lightning in a bottle. And, but that's part of the why. Because if you actually understand that it's just that there is no retro strategy, that sometimes it's just, you know, just pure luck. Well, that actually helps you too. Because it helps you try and replicate. What do they say? Like, like generally, you know, lightning never strikes the same place twice. I think it might be like, I think it might be possible, but the odds are very, very low. And I think that's part of the problem with business today and brands today and life today is when somebody, when somebody you know, strikes, when, when lightning strikes or captures lightning in a bottle, everybody tries to replicate. And as the saying goes, once is witty, twice is shitty. So I'm still not sure that I figured out the use case for Collective Cafe, for, you know, Joseph Jaffe is not famous, for Alpha Collective. I wonder how you are with respect to where you are in life, your projects, your hobbies, your passion, your purpose. Has that use case revealed itself to you? Or are you still waiting for the use case? See, my advice to you is if you are waiting for the use case, first of all, 
be, I mean, this is Manifestation Monday. Be aware of it. Be fully aware. Be fully awake. Be open to these possibilities. Always be searching, but don't force it. Sometimes it may find its way to you. When you are waiting for the use case, you also have to prepare. You have to prepare yourself for it so that it doesn't pass you by. So that when it does, when it, you know, going back to the analogy, can you, can you, imagine, if you, can you imagine if you knew lightning was going to strike in a certain place or in a certain area and you sat there with your bottle, right? The lightning in this analogy strikes and then you cork it and you capture in the bottle. You need the bottle, you need the cork, you need, you know, you need to actually create the environment to capture that lightning strike. And I'm not even sure if any of this is even possible. Hello, Bez. Good morning. But that's the thing about waiting for the use case, is you have to be actually aware that you are waiting for the use case. And then you need to have a plan. And often, you know, we always talk about idea and execution. But you need, you know, you need like an execution protocol. You need to be able to say, when this happens then, Am I doing it? Have I done it? Not a chance. I'm thinking about this for the very first time out loud, which is why this is so valuable, these sessions. So when it happens, you are able to act. You are able to execute. You know exactly what's going to happen. You know, when I had Patrick Fabian on my show, did I have a plan in place for, for what would happen when I got a real Hollywood celebrity? No, I didn't. If I had, I might have been able to do a much better job. For example, he did tweet about it, but it was too haphazard. I mean, he did it like as the show started. But had we been able to market that a week, two weeks, three weeks in advance, we might have had a thousand people watching at the same time. So waiting for the use case also involves scenario planning. Being able to, if this happens then, but if that happens then, and so like you need to also be able to to have a, a sense of different outcomes and different scenarios in play. I think the point that I want to make for you today is that it is always in, it is entirely possible, for example, that Alpha Collective could be bigger than Joseph Jaffe is not famous. It's entirely possible that the Collective Cafe could be bigger than Alpha Collective. It's entirely possible that the Collective Cafe to go could be bigger than the Collective Cafe, which is bigger than Alpha Collective, which is bigger than Joseph Jaffe is not famous. And it's entirely possible that the exact reverse could be true. And it's entirely possible that something that doesn't even exist today could be bigger than all of that combined. And that's scary as hell to like think about all these different possibilities. But here's the question. When something hits, are you prepared to give up everything else? Are you prepared under those conditions to say the trigger, the, the moment, the event has happened and now <clears throat> everything just stops? And now we pour into this and only this. 5,000 people here in the morning. Why shouldn't there be? Think about it. Why shouldn't there be 5,000 people in the morning? I'm, I'm still thinking about this beautiful thing about the fact that there are 8 billion people in this world. Or as um, Nate Woodbury said, his, big, his YouTube thing, I've said this many times, he said, there are millions of people searching for you. The only problem is they don't know that you exist yet. As opposed to they don't know where to find you. That's different. Think about the beauty of that statement. Think about the fact instead of looking and going, why are there only five people here today? It's what about the 5,000 or the 50,000 or the 500,000 that are not here yet? That's the important word, yet. So how do we find them? I mean, that seems a lot easier. If discoverability and search are really the hardest parts of the equation, 
That's not hard at all, is it? Is it really? As opposed to the fact that people show up and they go, well, that was boring. That was underwhelming. This is not how I choose to start my day. Or this is the best way to start the day. The promise was right. And, and, and this is how I want you to think about it. Like when I look in the audience and I see, and I see Tim and you know, Praxim, who we know has to head out, and Christopher, they're pretty much here every day. Peggy, you almost are here every day. Billy, almost here every day. Bez, every day. What I want you to do is focus on just even one person and say, why does this person come every day? Let me, uh, let me choose Bez today. Why does he come every day? Why doesn't he start his own one? He could. I'd help him. He knows that. Why doesn't he go somewhere else? Why doesn't he do something else? Well, what would he do? Um, he could listen to a podcast. There's some great podcasts out there. He could go to somebody else's coffee. Virtual coffee in Discord. I don't know that anyone's doing that. He could go to Twitter Spaces. Gee, I don't really know that there are any good Twitter Spaces from 8 to 9. I'm not aware of any of them. How about a clubhouse room? Yeah, not quite. By the way, Paul and Rohan still have not responded to me. I've sent them about three three follow-ups. I don't think they are going to respond. So much for offering them uh, free marketing services. I'll be your CMO for free. But that's another story for another day. So in this funny story, in this little you know train of thought, I'm like, wait a second, am I the only game in town? That seems almost impossible. What is the, okay, let's define what is the game? Well, the game is live. You know that I, you know, when I started the show, it was built on four pillars. Those four pillars are still there. The streaming era, the creator economy, diversity, equity, inclusion, and access, and Web3. In many respects, I'm hitting that right now, streaming live. Create economy, sure. Web3, absolutely. Diversity, equity, inclusion, and access, always. So I'm still on that same, I'm still on that same strategy. I'm still, you know, on that same mission. And suddenly I'm thinking to myself, wait a second. Am I, is it possible that I'm the only game in town? Maybe that should be in the messaging. And oh, by the way, Oh, by the way, it's not just anyone, it's me. It's someone who's written five books and keynoted in 50 countries and someone that's able to hold the microphone for an entire hour, five days a week. And there must be some value there, otherwise the daily people wouldn't come back. Unless it's just sympathy, they feel so bad for me that they just come back. Maybe they're not even here. Maybe they just log in and, and are listening to, to the radio right now. Sorry, the radio. What's the radio? A podcast. So there are many ways to look at it. One lesson here is focus on who you have versus who you don't have. Second, of course, is build the bridge. Model those who you have. And figure out how you can duplicate, replicate, model, project, but also... Identify the serendipity in it. Someone was just figuring out and discovered and someone who said to someone else, hey, swing by, you might like it, you might not, etc. The use case may reveal itself to you. In fact, the use case will reveal itself. It's almost like, again, this idea of, you know, um, like being on this journey. A journey of manifestation, a journey of meditation, a journey of self-discovery and be patient to know that it will happen. It always happens if you stay the course, if you don't give up. But at the same time, don't assume just because you're soldiering on doggedly, stubbornly, refusing you know, to see the, the forest for the trees, refusing to call time of death, refusing to be taken in a different direction, don't assume that success is, is inevitable or guaranteed. 
because it's not. You can reconcile those two. The reconciliation is that the use case that reveals itself to you may be completely different to the original path. But you take that path. You had to be on the path to then get to that divergence or that fork in the road or the road less traveled or a shortcut or be or veer off, you know, off the path. You had to be on that path in the first place. That's the key. Good morning, Jensa. That's the key. The key is you've got to be in it to win it. The key is you've got to be on the path, but be completely, completely open to being pushed off the path, veering off the path. What you don't want to do is stop. What you don't want to do is have to backtrack. I don't believe you should ever backtrack because everything that has happened to you happened for you, everything. So you don't want to go backwards and you don't want to stop. I'm okay going sideways. I'm okay with a bit of status quo. I'm okay with a plateau for a while. I'm okay with actually just kind of a lateral movement, provided it's not you know, a sustainable lateral movement. But ultimately, A, you want to move forward. The difference is that you don't necessarily have to move forward in that in a straight line. And the surprising, the world is filled with stories of these surprising pivots and, uh, and new, you know, like I had no idea that I would end up here. I wonder how many of you that applies to. How many of you started on a journey and you knew exactly where you were heading and you're still on that same path, that same journey and you are as fulfilled if not more fulfilled and you have, and you have as much purpose if not more purpose and you are as happy if not more happy. This is what I projected when I was a little boy or a little girl. This is, it, it's, it, it is what I thought it would be and so much more and I'm still on that path. How many of you can say that? Versus I'm in a completely different industry. I'm in a completely different space and, and I'm going with the flow. Let, let the current take me in a natural direction. And I always use this analogy because, you know, when you swim against the current your entire life, you will eventually get exhausted and you will eventually drown. Sometimes you have to go with the current. Sometimes, yeah, you swim against the current. And sometimes you just lie on your back and let the current take you where it takes you. And realize, hey, where, where are we? How did we get here? This is not where I thought, this is not where I was heading. This is not where I thought I'd be. But if I take the time to look around and reflect and introspect, this is why we have Manifestation Mondays, where we sit and we talk about the week. We talk about what success looks like. Launching this collective. I have a, you know, I've had a year to think about what I want it to be. In many respects, uh, it's going to be that and so much more. Tim says, I missed the last two weeks being on site at a North Carolina client. During that marathon engagement, the provost of the university on the second day when things were rough said to the group, it's okay for us to stumble as long as we stumble forward. Exactly. Stumble but don't fall. And if you do fall, pick yourself up. And it helps when someone's around you. I mean, these are, these are rules and laws, uh, life lessons to live by. And above all, happiness, fulfillment means everything. I want to take a moment to talk about this idea of being stubborn. You know, I, I struggle with it. And I think that, um, I think generally it's more negative than positive. But it's not, it's not all negative. 
I think being stubborn, being, um, you know, persistence, um, just staying the course, I think that that has to draw on a degree of stubbornness. I haven't found, and I still haven't found what I'm looking for, a little bit of you too. In my entire life, I never lost a single game. I just ran out of time. Vince Lombardi. The use case has not revealed itself to me yet. So that patience, endurance, the long game, I think requires stubbornness, doggedness, persistence, perseverance. To me, there are, there are elements, there is a thin line, a, a common theme, a red thread, whatever you want to call it, of stubbornness that powers the ability to keep going. But it is not the superpower. Stubbornness is not a superpower. It's a power, but it's not a superpower. Because there are other more positive things that also compel you to keep going and move forward. Like believing in yourself, like confidence. Like being able to work hard, to put in your 10,000 hours, your 100,000 hours. Patience and, and, being, and stubbornness are not the same thing. There is an interesting overlap, and that overlap is worth exploring and understanding. And sometimes history can, can help us tremendously when we say these, you know, this too shall pass. Whether it's the highs of the highs or the lows of the lows, whether it's bulls or bears, the more you can zoom out, the more perspective that you get in terms of realizing, you know, whether in fact you are just being stubborn, whether whether or not. I mean, listen, history will history is going to look back on me in this particular case. Should I have called time a death a year ago? Did I waste a year of my life, or can I get this thing? You know, can I get this thing going? We'll see. I don't feel like I'm. I still feel I'm at the base of the mountain and I still feel like it's a giant mountain to overcome. But I'm still feeling positive. And in some respects, you know, when it comes down to, to Alpha Collective, I think the use case, I know what the use case is. I know what the mega use case is. So that helps. But I do also think that there will be surprising, uh, there will be some other use cases that will reveal themselves to me and to us. For example, um, the virtual coffee. Now, you've heard this. I've told you this. In fact, it's an idea that, that um, I think we can actually power through Alpha Collective. I think every corporation should have virtual coffee. I think every single day, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, there should be one hour of audio first um, engagement. It's so easy. And short term, companies, members will be able to actually, or even outside companies, will be able to hire a moderator or a host from within Alpha Collective. So that might be another member benefit of joining Alpha Collective is that if you want to actually host somebody else's coffee from coming here long enough and figuring out what the tools of the trade look like, how to execute it, I just think it's like a no This to me is like a no-brainer. Why is it a no-brainer? Because, you know, the, the new reality, we all live it, we all see it, is this work-from-home reality. We're never going back to the old way. I mean, like I could put a little business, you know, plan together in one second. We are living in this world of isolated, disconnectedness, loneliness right now. How do we find meaning? How do we find connection? How do we bond with our teammates? How do we feel like we're part of something bigger than just us? Well, you do it through audio. It's fairly, fairly simple. Clubhouse's loss is your gain, is our gain. First, we do this for 
the collective cafe, we prove that use case, and then we figure out how to how to export that and scale it and distribute it and syndicate it and merchandise it and box it. Seems like an obvious one. But all of this, the author thing, the virtual this, the you know, the the corporate outsource like all of this was not necessarily there at the beginning. At the beginning was just, hey, listen, we're doing this thing called Alpha Collective and we want to have some content sessions. Oh, we're going to do some Alpha Talks. And, you know, one of the things, and I was, you know, talking to, you know, talking to one of our newest uh, full members who just bought two passes last week. And this person may or may not have been in our sessions last week. And this person said, hey, maybe I'd like to host the uh, five o'clock somewhere at five o'clock on a Friday. I was like, hell yeah, you should. Why wouldn't you? Oh, by the way, I'll pay you for it. That's part of the 100 ETH challenge, that 100 ETH will be, will be given back to members, that 100% full members will get their money back, at least in the first 100. That is guaranteed, caveat, provided that Alpha Collective makes it, which is never guaranteed, you know. But, um, yeah, of course we're going to do that. It makes sense to have cocktails on a Friday afternoon. That would be video. It also makes sense to have audio first coffee in the morning. Initially, the thought was we would do Monday morning and Friday afternoon at a minimum. Would I do cocktails Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? No. Would I do cocktails on a Friday afternoon? Yes. And suddenly we build out our content calendar. And then three or four or five members say, I love this idea. I'm going to do it for my company. Can you help Joe? Well, I can't help personally because I don't consult anymore but I know two or three people that would love to help you and maybe be your host. So waiting for the use case implies that if you can find the right mix between patience and impatience, between long-term endurance and the ability to make decisions that may or may not take you off course. That capture that lightning in the bottle, if it happens to strike accidentally or not, or coincidentally, or, or maybe not accidentally at all. Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. You've heard me say this many times, Gary Play, the more I practice, the luckier I get. Idea, execution, patience, impatience, luck, put that all together, we're creating a formula for serendipity and spontaneity, a formula for dealing with life in a completely uncertain world where we're actually using the uncertainty to create an outcome that can be transformational. And that's what I wanted to share today. For those of you that arrived a little late, go back and listen to the recording um, where I read this, the story of the useless coin and actually realize that um, how, much, how much interesting thought there is in terms of being able to construct. You know, as I said regarding, regarding Pepe, instead of, instead of, you know, lamenting that you didn't get in or, you know, being grateful that you didn't get wrecked, Instead of being jealous for the people that made the money, be happy for them, but just try and take a moment. If you really want to be rich and get rich, learn from it and try and understand exactly why Pepe worked and the others didn't. What's really going on here? Don't look at the finger. Look at where the finger's pointing. And right now the finger is pointing to our POAP and the code for the POAP today is two words, all lowercase, long game, 
And that Pope is available right now until 9.25 p.m. So if you haven't already, uh, make sure that you have downloaded poap.xyz, the app. Um, and uh, you will get today's uh, Poap. And uh, I am going to be hustling uh, all day to um, you know, spread the word about Wednesday's event, um, boost registrations, and, um, and I'm excited. I'm personally intrigued as to how many people, if anyone, because maybe no one will do it, will actually say, wait a second, I think I'm actually going to buy a pass with ETH or Fiat during the session and then come in and see if, if he'll become good on his word and join him for dinner. I love that. And I'll keep experimenting and keep trying. And that's the, that's the final thing I just want to share with you. You know, there's the old saying that says, if at first it doesn't succeed, try, try, try again. I have a different, I have a different um, spin on that. I just say, just keep trying different things. Because you never know, one might succeed. So have an amazing Monday. This week we have our Thought Leadership Tuesday, we have Wellness Wednesday, we're back with Scott Martin and Groundswell on Thursday, maybe we'll hit 20 people, which would be amazing, I have a feeling we will, um, because Scott's excited and on board as well, we're going to keep working on that use case, whatever it looks like, whether in fact it is, you know, whether in fact we do offer all of this to just, you know, to a member, or it just becomes a, a revenue generator. Um, never say, never say, you know, revenue is good. Um, and then Friday, no agenda Friday, where hopefully some of you will join me on stage, reflect on your week, reflect on the week that was AMA, open mic, uh, karaoke, uh, whatever it takes. Um, but I will see you all tomorrow. Take care, everyone. Bye. This podcast is heard along the marketing podcast network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.